Hello and welcome to B2B Revenue Leaders. I'm your host, Dustin Tizik. This podcast is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero creates strategic video testimonials to help you close trust gaps and ultimately close more deals faster. On this episode, I'm joined by Brett McGrath, who is the VP of Marketing at The Juice. We talk about the importance of investing in content, especially right now in this economy, why curation matters, and how to distribute content effectively. Hey, Brett, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dustin. Pumped to be here. So we're going to be talking about, you know, content in general, which is a big bucket, but specifically content creation, getting your content out there. And I want to start it off with maybe a bit of a broad question, but I think a lot of us are struggling with is, you know, why are people struggling to get their content seen? I feel like people have no problem producing content and there's a lot out there, but it's hard to stand out right now. It is. And I often think about content marketing a lot in the history of it. And I remember I'm a, I'm a long time B2B marketer. It's all I've done. So I feel like my career, I followed the role of the content marketer pretty closely. And I remember the time that like my first software company where content marketing was a new thing because of inbound marketing. And you, know, you hired our first content marketer and the content marketer kind of sat over in the corner and just pumped out a bunch of blog posts every day and, and did it in a certain time because the algorithms love that. And then we'd see new people come to our website, then you'd see leads. And it worked and right. That was like inbound marketing fueled by content. And then every, all companies started to do it over and over again. And I think there reached this point of saturation where kind of this content hamster wheel just stopped working. Yeah. I think we all once a year or maybe a couple times a year, or me, maybe a few times a month, I look at kind of Scott, Scott Brinker's MarTech infographic for inspiration. And I just... Every year you look at that thing, the dots on it for the brand logos become tinier and tinier. And I think what we need to tell ourselves is that everybody on this chart is doing the exact same thing. They're all creating content. They're all publishing it. And I think the struggle is it's just become oversaturated and a lot of the content is going unseen or we like to call falling in internet purgatory. So I think that's a struggle that almost any marketer or content person can relate with and really kind of this next evolution of content marketing is going on offense with your content or promoting it in a way that's strategic. And so that's where I think distribution comes in and the power of distribution. And so that's something we think and talk a lot about at The Juice. Yeah, distribution has also changed a lot since those early days with, you know, a spot, your blog post, you know, it was originally just keywords, then topic clusters and I just feel like slowly people are shifting away from search and maybe SEO people are cursing at me right now, but they are, I, I feel like for educational content, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but a lot of people are drifting away from search. They go to communities, they go to LinkedIn, they follow very specific newsletters, for example. So I think that's different. Like, yeah, you still have to do SEO, probably more focused on your product and maybe down funnel a bit, but. I do think distribution has changed and it's harder now. It's not, you know, follow this checklist of best practices. I just, I just asked a community that I'm a part of, uh, shout out Superpath. It's a community for uh, content markers. I literally just asked the community, like, what are you reading? What are you finding the most value for, from right now? And it was interesting. I actually got a comment that was super passionate and emphatic that was like, I do not go to, uh, brands, websites, or their blogs and consume content anymore. And it wasn't just one person that was pretty yeah. consistent and kind of the, the 
the top sources that content marketers or marketers in general are going are are learning from right now are newsletters, like you mentioned, LinkedIn, podcasts. And I think it's this trend that we're seeing that people want to consume content from people outside of brands. And so I think when we're thinking about distribution, the you know, the power of the individual creator and the influencer, if you will, on platforms like LinkedIn has only become more and more important to get your content seen. Yeah. And even, you know, talking about individuals, there's also a bunch of different ways to create the content. And this is something we try to mix up. We're a video company. So obviously we're video first. I do think that's the best way to get like a big piece and chop it down and distribute it. But that's a whole nother angle now where, you know, you kind of have to be doing video in some shape or form. Whereas it's not just, you know, the written word anymore. Like you said, content person in the corner writing two blog articles a day. So that shifted a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think identifying what those mega trends are, or just like figuring out, putting yourself in the shoes of the person that you're creating for. Like I think about my content consumption habits and it's like when I have a moment and the break in the action, when I'm not working, not doing a podcast recording, not in a meeting, you know, we're grabbing our phones and we're scrolling. And so figuring out, like, we were just talking about LinkedIn and the algorithms and how things work. And I think it's just starting to like, you got to be a student. You got to understand what's performing and what's not. And if you see something like a podcast or you see something like a video consistently that is at the top of your algorithms, probably something that you should consider investing on as a creator in order to get your brand seen by the right people. Yeah, there's something to like the repetition side, like you said, of seeing a person or seeing a brand a lot where you start to trust it because, you know, my personal habit is I'll go on LinkedIn every day. There's three or four people who ask me to subscribe to their newsletter. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. It kind of depends on how they've been putting out good stuff. But even then, it can be a struggle to follow and read them all. So realistically, I'm subscribed to a whole bunch. Actually, I read three, maybe two consistently. And that's because I just feel like stuff isn't tailored to me. There's just too much noise. So I, you know, shut it off, put it away and then try to find something specific. I think a lot of people are struggling with that. Yeah. And I think we, we noticed this at the juice and the, for anyone who's listening, who's not familiar content curation platform for B2B marketing and sales folks and a distribution channel for brands who want to reach them. But I've talked a lot about how the juice is the largest library of marketing and sales content on the planet. And then I thought about, I was like saying that over and over and I was thinking about it for a second. It's like, okay, so if we're trying to help with the content overwhelm, staying stuff like that probably isn't the best. And so like adding words, which is what we're doing with our product team, but just as a marketer, I was like, I got to tie in what we're doing on the product side, but tying in the words like curated for you has become, it has helped us break through a little bit. And we just released, uh, I think a month ago or a couple of weeks ago topic pages, but we're finding that, you know, curation is really important. A lot of people just don't want to go to the search bar, but they want to follow topics that are, that resonate with their role. So that's something we are trying to help in this flooded sea of content to help kind of separate the signal uh, through the noise. But yeah, I, I think curation is the way that brands can help break through outside of just the individual creator stuff that we talked about. Yeah, maybe a weird parallel I'm going to throw out there, but I had a conversation with someone last week about communities and it was kind of the same thing where I'm part of these giant communities where there's just too much stuff, there's too many channels, too much noise, and I don't go to them. 
And then I'm part of a couple of very niche communities on a specific topic where I will actually hunt out content because it's less noisy. I know what I'm going to get. And I think we're just so used to notifications and bells and everything going off that when there's too much, we're just like, nope, not going there. Can't handle it. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of uh, niche, niching down is kind of contradictory to how we have been raised as marketers, right? It's yeah. like volume, the more's better, quantity, quantity, quantity. But I think we as just individuals that are creating, that are trying to break through, I think the more focus you can be with the content and the message and the questions you are answering and the topic, like, I think the focus should be on few but higher quality as opposed to trying to create a piece of marketing content for all marketers. That's the stuff that typically falls on deaf ears and doesn't perform well. Yeah, well, that and for the really broad-based stuff, you're competing against the HubSpots of the world who have... And you're not going to win. Yeah, 500 of those content people in the corner, right? They got their own office. Exactly. Um, one thing I'm curious about, you know, you mentioned Juice has a, a lot of content. Obviously, you're focused on curation. And I know, like we spoke before about people can kind of measure the success of their content based on people who are engaging. Is that going into their funnel? I'm curious if you have any data or insights or thoughts on types of content that seems to be resonating a bit more. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, it's funny you ask that question. I'm in the middle of creating a report and the report specific to a medium. So the report's going to be the state of the B2B podcast consumer. And, um, what we're doing with this report is, um, analyzing trends in what consumers on the juice are doing and interacting, how they're interacting with podcasts and, I'm like right in the middle of it down in the weeds. But one thing that two things that stand out to me that I can remember top of mind on this question are having guests and curating other people outside of your own thoughts and views that really matters and our data is supporting that. And then the other thing, which I hadn't thought about up until, you know, my early days of just, you know, working at, a, at an email company, but actual headlines really, really matter. Like, how to's and using action words in your, and it can be not just podcasting, be video, your YouTube video, it can be article, whatever, translate across the podcast medium. But those are two things just in some work that I'm currently uh, diving into that stand out. Yeah. The how to one I think is, is interesting because, you know, I, I just kind of dumped all of our search, but that's how people search as well. Right. Like they want to know, they go there because they want to learn a specific thing and Theory is great and all, but as someone who went to school for marketing, I don't use a lot of the theory. So, you know, the specific actionable stuff, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think, again, it's like fundamentals, taking a step back. I think yeah. podcast, like consuming a piece of long form content like a podcast is a commitment. And it is in order to gain that commitment, like the people who we're trying to connect with, gain their attention, they want to feel like they are going to benefit or learn something by the end of it. And so just in digging through the data, like I have rethought the way, you know, we, we have a podcast, Modern Day Marketer, and we publish every week. And it's, it has me thinking differently about how we organize the titles in order to attract more people. And it's just a small, a couple small tweaks here and there, but it was something I wasn't mindful of until I saw the data to support it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk after about that because, you know, obviously I have a podcast, we're on it right now. And <laughs> same thing, we think about what titles and it's tough to run those experiments on your own because let's mm. say, you know, we do an episode a week, 
couple clips a week, let's say 100, 150 clips. It's not enough data for me to tell. Like something will work really well and I don't know why. I look at it and there's just not enough to actually tell. Totally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, those pains that I have that you just described, we're hoping that when this report gets released, which not sure when this will go live, but we're hoping that the, the report will be launched here in September. So we'll have to make sure that there's a link or something shared along with the yeah. episode so people can go back and check it out. Yeah, th this will come out a month from now. It's early September. So timing should be perfect. Perfect. There. And then one thing I, we touched on this a little bit before we went on air, actually, but you, you mentioned, you know, focusing on content and doubling down now is, is kind of more important than ever. It is content in general is a longer term play. Like you'll get short wins, wins, but it's a consistency, long term play. All I would say marketers and CMOs right now are getting squeezed pretty hard on it's hard to sell, do quick things, get us quick wins. Any thoughts on that? Like how CMOs can make that shift and sell that internally? Yeah, I, I would say that I have heard and I'll call them horror stories because they're horror stories to me. If I was the marketer working inside the organization where these changes yeah. were happening and like the undeniable forces that came have come on where budgets are getting squeezed, resources are being allocated. But like then to hear and content is getting cut to me, that would be a red flag of, you know what? I'm not sure I should probably work here anymore. And so I've been investigating this like pretty heavily through the podcast and network that I've I've been building and the one individual that I've been going after the persona type is the CMO because I want to understand like, are you this CMO who's cutting this stuff? If not, like why, what are the reasons why you have, why are you, why are you investing more? And I think it's just this commitment to the long game, as you mentioned. And I, I recently spoke with Warren Daniels, who's the chief marketing officer at Binder, a really incredible marketer. It's amazing. Like after you talked with really smart CMOs, I always am like, man, there's a reason why this person is in this seat doing this. But he, he mentioned that, you know, investing more in the content and the experience now in designing content operations around the content and also like taking an offensive approach to content, like he feels by going harder on that right now, it's going to help Binder separate because other competitors or brands that are going up against right now aren't doing the same thing. So I just find nuggets and little uh, stories like that fascinating. And I just think, yeah, it's tough because everyone wants results right now. But I think I've always viewed content and the creation around content is like planting a bunch of seeds. You're planting a bunch of seeds and those seeds, it's going to grow and it just takes some time. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's kind of how we're viewing it. So I'm in a role now where it's marketing and sales. So I have both here as a VP of revenue. And we're seeing that on the sales side as well, where we're getting people who come in and say, heard about you guys because of you know, a LinkedIn ad or some content or a podcast or something we put out. And they flat out say, I have no money. I'm not going to buy now, but I'm curious. And, you know, 2024, I get a new budget. And if we were just hitting people in market searching, we would miss those people. So we're kind of building this long-term pipeline. And it's interesting being sometimes marketing and sales are disconnected, kind of angry siblings that hate each other. It's nice having them together because you actually see that and how the market is right now. We've had so many people who, yeah, I'd love to buy, but I don't have money. Let's reconnect next year. So I'm thinking 2024 is going to, fingers crossed, going to be a better year for everyone. Yeah. And those, what you just described, it's those stories are so powerful when we hear them. And I always like, I try to like have a folder when I hear that from someone or get feedback from our sales team, like have a folder and stash those things. 
and like, or have a spreadsheet where you can start tracking those, those brands, because it's really challenging in the moment because small teams, small marketing, small sales team, like we're, we're not going to track everything. It's impossible because we don't have the time. So I think being able to at least, you know, internally market and communicate those types of stories to your team and to your leaders helps validate what you're doing because we don't always get the responses we want or those direct responses we're trying to get. We, t- we did a podcast. Next thing we know, we've got a requested demo. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I wish it did. It would make my job a lot easier. I know where to put money, but you know, there's there's a gut aspect of marketing, a gut and like anecdotal, you know, how are people saying they heard you that I think at least now there's a shift to paying attention to that. Yeah. And then one kind of on that topic, actually, not quite attribution, but I want to talk a little bit about content ROI and how you are measuring, because I know that's a big part of the juice as well as trying to add that visibility so people can measure the success of the content. So how do you think through that internally with your own content even? Yeah, so I think it's uh, one, it's the the guts. There is a gut stuff, gut, gut portion to it that is sourcing sales on how their last last meeting, how they heard about us and just like keeping that drumbeat of communication open. Like that's very much a part of like what we do at the juice in an early stage and like taking note of that so we can, we can know if we need to invest more of our time in certain areas. But then also just like with the juice specifically, like we were hitting this question with our customers and right early stage company and you're trying to like, you, you know, you're helping them, you're, you're, you know, you're, you can see it in the data and it's like, how can we better connect the dots? Because now the CFO is in the picture and now yeah. they're having their curiosity is around like every piece of software you're investing in. And so what we're doing is we're connecting the dots between what's happening on the juice and what's happening with our customers CRM. So, you know, whether it's HubSpot or, or Salesforce, we can be able to, we can track the engagement and exposure that a brand has with their content on the juice and influence and source revenue that's happening in those CRM. So that's something over the last year or so we've been working on, have released, and our customers who have the integration set up are really happy about. Nice. Yeah, I think there is something to be said to just this sounds overly simple, but it's basically what marketing is, is getting your message in front of the right people consistently. And that's one way to measure Like we do a similar thing. I mentioned cold LinkedIn ads before because it's one of our strongest channels, really, because we have pretty divine, defined list of companies that we go after. But we can see that as well. You know, you see just the engagement, how many people at this company have seen your ad and then the demo form comes in. Can I say that it was because of a LinkedIn ad? No, but there is there is a correlation there that I think, you know, similarly with content, you're measuring you know, a similar thing at an account level. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just share this because I think about this all the time, Dustin. And yeah. I think one thing we have to do as marketers, however you're tracking your work and what you're doing, uh, the, the likelihood is you are way more in the weeds on the tracking, what your impact is than any other, anyone else inside your organization. What you, we need to be able to do is be able to tell the story internally around those things and do it in a simple way and do it in a way that's not forgettable. And you got to keep hitting that drumbeat. I have learned this through whether it's communication on Slack, whether it's internal team meetings, just showing your work. Think the better we can be as storytellers internally, just as good as we are externally, the chance that your boss or your boss's boss is going to invest more in content when they can connect with those stories likely goes up. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Otherwise, you know, 
They just look at how many MQLs you brought in. They ain't got anything else. And we all know how that game goes. Yes, so. not good. No, definitely want to avoid that. And then just, you know, you mentioned how-to side. So I think we'll wrap on this probably. Tactically, you mentioned how-tos, you mentioned podcasts. And I know everyone has different plays on their podcast, how they utilize it, how they repurpose it, how they distribute it. So I'm curious on your side, like, you know, what is your process there? Not in the weeds, but and what's something specifically that's working really well there? Yeah, so our view on Modern Day Marketer, which is our podcast, has always been twofold. One, we have a podcast because it helps us streamline our content. And also the second form is, or the second bucket is it, it, it is the magnet to help us connect with people that we have no business connecting with. And so when you, when you're consistently going into it with, um, like these goals or objectives in mind, I think it helps set the right expectations internally. And like when we produce a new episode of Modern Day Marketer, my team is not saying like, do we have a new customer right now? It's like, that's just not how it works. But what we, we do find the tracking is like, okay, this podcast episode with this individual led to what in the, the, the next six months, in the next 12 months. And typically what we find is I'm on their podcast or yeah. we might have a new customer conversation or there's a future in an, a newsletter or there's a webinar or those individuals are coming back on our content platform. So I am a firm believer and probably because I'm biased because this is where our product is set up and designed to do is to be a curator. And I believe that the more that we as marketers can be curators, the more really good stuff happens. And I've been testing this theory for the last two and a half years at the Juice. We started Modern Day Marketer literally a month into me being a part of the Juice as employee number two or three, you can argue with our head of growth, but it's really, it's been a transformational thing for me. And I, I'm a firm believer anywhere I work, any, there will always be something like a show and a podcast, I think, because it helps unlock and open levels for you as a brand. Yeah, I think that, that's a really good point, especially with neither one of us are part of Microsoft giant team. You know, we have small teams. So the other part is other people help create the content for you a mm -hmm. little bit, right? Like I can have conversations with people who know a hell of a lot more about something than I do that I could not personally write about. And then I get to repurpose it and, you know, get their audience there. Yeah. And you were, you, you were on our podcast and then I saw your LinkedIn post. And when I saw you lob that out there, I was like, I can't wait to see how many people raise their hand for this because every marketer or sale, they want to talk about what they're doing, right? It's an opportunity to promote their brand, what they're doing or their philosophies. And so that was fun for me to see. And I, I, I launch, I launch kind of the, the open question out in different communities I'm involved with. And it's just, it takes about like five minutes to see how many replies I got. So yeah. I had fun and it's a reason why we're connecting on this. Yeah, no, that was an interesting experiment. Like I saw Dave Gerhard did that and of course got a million responses. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. probably going to get five or six, but you know, we booked half a dozen good guests from That's awesome. a two minute LinkedIn post. So it worked out. Totally. Well, all right. Well, thanks, Brett. It was fun chatting with you again. It, as you mentioned, you know, I was on your podcast before. If people want to learn more about, you know, you, what you talk about or the juice, where should they go for that? Yeah. So I would go join the juice. It's free. It's like I mentioned, but I'll say it connected this way. It's the largest library of B2B marketing and sales resources on the planet curated for you. Yeah. So you can join the juice app.thejuicehq.com. It's free. We release Modern Day Marketer 
every Friday. So you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And also there's a newsletter companion piece to Modern Day Marketer, which drops Fridays too. And you can find that on our web. You can sign up on our website, thejuicehq.com. Awesome. Thanks, Brett. So I'll include those in the show notes for everyone. And again, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for listening to this episode. My key takeaway is how people want to consume content from individuals and not brands. I mean, we see this every day if we go on LinkedIn or anywhere else. And I'm just one data point here, but I can't remember the last time I read any content from a brand. Everything I read, watch, or consume is from an individual. And part of that is because individuals are just more trustworthy than brands. It's a better way to build trust with your audience. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and hit follow, and I'll be back next week with a new episode.